You are listening to The Current Daily, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Monday, July 27th, and Comic-Con, in whatever form we were able to have it, has now come to a close. Since Comic-Con was at home this year because of COVID-19, I do believe that the post-convention depression that can sometimes happen when all of the fun is suddenly over won't hit quite as hard this year. And that's pretty good news. Also good news on that front is that the convention center flu or bug or Comic-Con rot, as some people call it, also will be missing from this year's con experience, and I can't say I'd be missing that. But I also want to share something else. I did get an email from a listener about Comic-Con. I'm super excited to get this email because I honestly wish I got a lot more emails from all of you guys in ITS. I know you're busy, but I still want to share your stories. This one is from Shelly Sanis, or Sanis, or Sans, or Sans. I very much apologize. I do not know how to pronounce your last name. Feel free to correct me and I will record a retraction if it is incorrect. But anyway, I'll just read the email directly. Miguel, so glad to listen today. Here is my topics info on Comic-Con. I will be watching a panel with Adrian Tomine. He's an artist for The New Yorker, but he used to do a comic called Optic Nerve. Uh, Shelley gave a couple of links there where we could check out the panel, and I believe the panels are still watchable. Maybe I'll throw these up the general channel or the random channel on UCSD Tech Slack. Shelley goes on to say, I also adore this folk artist. Her father wanted to build spaceships when she was a kid in Texas. For real. The name of the artist is Esther Pearl Watson, and her art can be viewed on Fantagraphics.com. Also tomorrow, I'm going to a makeup party, and we might do alien faces. Not sure I know how to do that, but heck, when you're 50, you'll try anything. I'm not 50 till August 3rd, but I like to think ahead. Winky face, Shelly. Hey, in my opinion, you should try to paint alien faces at any age. There's no number associated with alien faces from <laughs> birth to our time departing this mortal coil. Anytime they're in the middle, try to paint some alien faces. Sounds like fun. And Shelly, I hope you'll share the fruits of those alien face labors with us. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Shelly. Again, sorry if I said your last name incorrectly, but I'm super happy you shared. I would tell some of my own, but again, I want to keep this fairly short for everybody. I'm going to move on to my conversation with Shannon Pryor about Campus Lisa, which is happening virtually starting August 6th. Look out in your email for an official announcement at some point later today. But now, on to the show. Joining me is Shannon Pryor. Shannon, first of all, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do, considering what we're going to discuss is on top of your already considerable duties. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm <laughs> Shannon Pryor. I work for IT services, and I'm on the communications team with Doug Bonilla, Mark Herzberger, 
and Elaine Fleming. And we're a super team of communications. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I am a graphic designer and a writer. And for all of the many projects that we have through IT services, website stuff, all that. And people certainly know your colleagues, Mark and Doug, pretty well now through the episodes of this podcast, since they work very closely with me on this. How has Exile been treating you since March? First and foremost, it's fun. You asked that question. The very first thing that popped into my head is family and time with kids. It has been amazing. And I have three teenagers, well, one tween and two teenagers. My eldest will be at Chico State online (laughs) next In the fall, my middle son will be in high school. He'll be in 10th grade. And my youngest, he'll be in 7th grade. And it's been really surprisingly good, I suppose, is what I mean. I didn't expect that. And so we've created little traditions already. Every morning I go with my daughter and we go get coffee and walk the dog. And just we spend a lot of time together. We play a lot of board games, watch a lot of movies. I think at first, I believe I'm sure everybody was on this page where everybody got into cooking. Yeah. Cooking this and hoarding food and hoarding toilet paper and all. And my husband was absolutely one of those. And I I believe we went through maybe 15 loaves of sourdough. So sourdough was a thing. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of beer drinking and sourdough making, really. So Mm. you can't complain. (laughs) So much yeast, it's delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I've been working mostly on Campus Lisa as of late. And then, of course, we had to cancel Campus Lisa. And then people started asking about webinars. And so now we have this webinar series that's coming up soon. What is it that really supercharged the plan to go ahead with a virtual version of Campus Lisa in August? I think that there was inertia. And finally, we all decided, I mean, not, not just Campus Lisa as a committee, but I believe that the community in general, the technologists really were looking forward to having some sort of session or multiple sessions. And a lot of times we do tend to reflect what's happening with UC Tech. And UC Tech conference obviously isn't happening. And they decided to start doing webinars, I believe, also in August. It just seemed that this was all very relevant information that we should get going and plan. You know, the audience for Campus Lisa traditionally or originally, I should say, was largely system administrators. But that audience has certainly grown over the years. Have people been asking you, is some version of Campus Lisa going to happen? Or where have you seen the um, questions about Campus Lisa coming from? It's always been a little interesting to try to pigeonhole any of these audiences into sysadmins or developers. I believe a lot of people do multiple jobs and might not always call themselves just a sysadmin or just a developer. And there's the other business side of things that was a big audience at the Campus Lisa. So I've heard from all of them. I mean, really, I've heard from all three of those areas, certainly. I think that Process Palooza did a proof of concept with the webinar format. How much of that do you think is going to go into this or how much of that have we learned from? We're copying it exactly. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no, they did a great job. They did a fantastic job. And definitely, we would like to mirror it as much as possible. But yeah, I mean, I I think every single one of those episodes went really well. 
And they were fun to go to also, you know. Were you surprised by that? I was. <laughs> I was. I mean, not not that I don't I don't think highly of my peers or anything like that, but I, <laughs> I, I did. I mean, I it was fun. There was music and it was informative. And I think that these as we get used to being at home and having to have Zoom conferences and webinars, I, I feel like this is just going to get easier. I think one thing that kind of lends itself toward that outlook, for anyone who experienced the Process Palooza stuff as it was happening, they got better as they went on, and the best one was the last one. You know? <laughs> At least that's how I felt. Is, yeah. uh, it's like they really kind of got into the, the motion of, of what it was like. And what's interesting about that is the actual speakers were different every time. Mm-hmm. So it really had to do with the organization behind it and how it was put together. Right, right. So let's talk content. You know, full disclosure, I have been involved in Campus Lisa, I think, since September. You know, we had a lot of ideas about panels. We made our call for submissions. How has COVID-19 and the changing world affected the content that we had in place for in-person? And how will that be different for the webinar series? Unanimously, Within our committee, we really are focusing on what is going to happen when students come back to school in the fall and what might fall apart, really. I mean, that's kind of, that's the focus is what are we going to be working on? What are we worried about? And so, yes, that's definitely driving the content from every perspective, from a cybersecurity perspective, from a sysadmin perspective. And looking at all of our presentations, I definitely have been talking to the speakers themselves about how they can relate all of this in their presentations. That's the elephant in the room. I mean, it really is. I feel like one of the things that we can do with something like Campus Lisa and with the virtual environments is build collaboration, build that connectedness. And I just wanted to see what you thought about that. Absolutely. And that's our theme, really. I mean, it's about collaboration. It's about cohesiveness. It's about bringing technologists together to have those conversations. We have about 400, 500 staff members that work in IT services. And then across campus, we have maybe 1,500 more. Wrong. I'm not sure somebody's going to call me on that. But I, I believe we have 1,500 more technologists that don't work in IT services at all. So they are all doing their own thing. I love that we have this conference every year that not only highlights the things that people have done, but it also highlights the things people are working on with the WIPs. And hopefully down the road, we'll get to do a work in progress webinar too. But it's so nice to have that conversation and to say, I've been working on this tool. You've been working on it too. How are you using it? Yeah, I think it's it's great. And I, I mean, I do hope that going forward, these events bridge a gap. I think so too. I'm glad you also defined what a WIP was, the work in progress, as yeah. you talked about that for anyone who might not know. Let's say the world goes back to some semblance of normal. We can start doing Campus Lisa in person again, starting in 2021. How do you see what we learn in the virtual space affecting how we move forward with in-person and how we can supplement in-person with the things that we're learning now. (laughs) It's funny. This is a random thought, but because we have gotten used to mask wearing and six feet apart and 
that has definitely become my new normal. I get alarmed by watching movies and seeing people in crowds together (laughs) and seeing people with no masks on. So you're asking how do we think if we can get back together and have this live event, how it will Well, I'm kind of looking at a silver lining of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Even at the end of the pandemic, what I hope happens is we can have the event in person, but continue virtual webinar series kind of throughout the year. So it's not just this one-time thing where, hey, this is a time we can get together. And instead, like, for example, you brought up the whip. You know, we're having these works in progress constantly. And if we made that more of an ongoing conversation, even if it wasn't super formalized, you know, how do we leverage this format that we're starting to become, you know, a little more proficient at even moving forward after normal has returned? For everything, really. I mean, all any any tutorial, any class, you know, I mean, really, it's a one-stop shop. Yes, we absolutely can. One of the questions that I've gotten over the few years that I've worked in IT services is there was a sysadmin certification that I believe Jessica started and she might have taught. I can't recall, but she had, I I think you had like maybe two or three certifications that you could get for sysadmins through the staff education portal. And they went away. And I don't know if they just went away with Jessica Hilt. I'm not really sure because she now works at the library and we miss her. (laughs) But I think things like that can absolutely come back. I mean, there's so many opportunities for programming. There really are. I definitely agree. And I hope to see some of this stuff. Um, What does the virtual environment offer that maybe in person wouldn't? Well, because I come from a marketing and communications background, that was the one thing that I saw was completely different, at least from a process perspective, just doing this event planning. I have been involved as an audience member in lots of these webinars and I find it really easy to market these things because you're, you're really kind of putting it on their calendar and they get to click go and they're there. <laughs> so you're not, like, all of that other stuff goes away, worrying about logistics and how people are going to get there and parking and all of the stuff that nobody wants to deal with and they might not show up because they don't even want to walk all the way over to the other side of campus. So yes, it gets you out of your house or out of your office to go to the conference, but that's not the situation that we're in right now. In that way, it's easier. It's a lot easier. All of these tools that we have just provide so much access. Yeah, I feel like we focus so much on the gloom and doom aspects of, oh, everything's virtual now. But maybe if we started to examine what this offers that we could not do in person, what how it benefits. I mean, I love that you pointed out the marketing aspect because I completely agree. Well, and my seventh grade son is doing a summer camp next week through SIO. And I'll tell you how that goes. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I think it's its almost, I'm kind of guinea pigging him to right. see how he's, how is he going to stay focused on anything that they do? And I looked at their schedule and it looks great. It looks fun. It'll be interesting. Absolutely. I hate to ask you to choose your favorites among children, so to speak, but what topics are you most looking forward to? Oh, it is hard. I can't, I can't really to well, <laughs> apologies to what, what are, what are, you Miguel your topic is the one <laughs> see that's you knew what to say thank you 
hey, we have to start off with a bang, right? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, all joking aside, though, we have a lot of great stuff that everybody can learn from. So look yeah. forward to see packed Zoom sessions. Yeah, it'll be great. Okay, well, let's end on some logistics. What are the dates that people should look out for? What should people calendar for Campus Lisa Online? Yeah, so we are our inaugural webinar, which is you <laughs> and your panel from your team, will be August 6th. And we will go every week from 12 to 1 every Thursday. So please go to campuslisa.ucsd.edu. You will see all the registration links on our website. If they're not there right now, they will be there soon. So check back and also check back for more content as I get speakers on the schedule. We do have all of our content. We're just trying to focus on where they're available. So that's that. Yeah. And we will have the pertinent links on the current, of course, like we do with so much of this. Well, thank you, Shannon. It's been a pleasure chatting with you about Campus Lisa Online. We're not even calling it that, are we? It's just Campus Lisa, right? <laughs> I think I, yeah, right. I, they're just the webinars, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to mess up the branding. Thanks so much. Thank you. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.